describes their easy indolence by a metaphor. They are gazing at God's windows. A person gazing at God's windows is not bored. He is happy. In our world, indolence has turned into having nothing to do, which is a completely different thing. A person with nothing to do is frustrated, bored, is constantly searching for the activity he lacks. I check the rearview mirror, still the same car, unable to pass me because of the oncoming traffic. Beside the driver sits a woman. Why doesn't the man tell her something funny? Why doesn't he put his hand on her knee? Instead, he's cursing the driver ahead of him for not going fast enough, and it doesn't occur to the woman either to touch the driver with her hand. Mentally, she's at the wheel with him, and she's cursing me too. And I think of another journey from Paris out to a country chateau, which took place more than two hundred years ago. The journey of Madame de Tay and the young chevalier, who went with her. It is the first time they are so close to each other, and the inexpressible atmosphere of sensuality around them springs from the very slowness of the rhythm. Rocked by the motion of the carriage, the two bodies touch, first inadvertently, then, advertently, and the story begins. 2. This is what Vivant Denon's novella tells. A gentleman of twenty goes to the theatre one evening. Neither his name nor his title is mentioned, but I imagine him a chevalier. In the next box he sees a lady. The novella gives only her initial, Madame de Tay. She is a friend of the Comtesse, whose lover is the Chevalier. She requests that he see her home after the performance. Surprised by this unequivocal move, and the more disconcerted because he knows Madame de Tay's favorite, a certain Marquis, we never learn his name, we have entered the world of secrecy where there are no names. The mystified Chevalier finds himself in the carriage beside the lovely lady. After a smooth and pleasant journey, the coach draws to a stop in the countryside, at the chateau's front steps, where Madame de Tay's husband greets them sullenly. The three of them dine in a grim, taciturn atmosphere. Then the husband excuses himself and leaves the two alone. Then begins their night. A night shaped like a triptych. A night as an excursion in three stages. First, they walk in the park. Next... They make love in a pavilion. Last, they continue the lovemaking in a secret chamber of the chateau. At daybreak they separate. Unable to find his room in the maze of corridors, the chevalier returns to the park, where, to his astonishment, he encounters the Marquis, the very man he knows to be Madame de Tay's lover. The Marquis, who has just arrived at the chateau, greets him cheerfully, and tells him the reason for the mysterious invitation. Madame de Tay needed a screen so that he, the Marquis, would remain unsuspected by the husband. Delighted that the ruse has worked, he taunts the Chevalier, who was made to carry out the highly ridiculous mission of fake lover. Exhausted from the night of love, the young man leaves for Paris in the small chaise provided by the grateful Marquis. Entitled Point de Lendemain, no Tomorrow. The novella was published for the first time in 1777. 
The author's name was supplanted, since we are in the world of secrecy, by six enigmatic letters. M-D-G-O-D-R, which, if so inclined, one might read as Monsieur Denon, gentilhomme ordinaire du roi. Monsieur Denon, gentleman-in-waiting to the king. Then, in a very small printing and completely anonymous, it was published again in 1779, and it reappeared the following year under the name of another writer. Further editions appeared in 1802 and in 1812, still without the true author's name. After a half-century of neglect, it appeared again in 1866. Since then, it was credited to Vivant Denon, and over this century, its reputation has grown steadily. Today, it figures among the literary works that seem best to represent the art and the spirit of the 18th century.